All right. Well, we are live. Welcome to another episode of Beyond ERP. Today, we're privileged to welcome an executive finance and operations leader, Richard Ronsley. Richard has spent over 14 years fostering exceptional teams, enabling IP-centric companies to thrive on a global scale. And his journey includes pivotal roles, notably steering Alpha Foods from its founder stage to acquisition, establishing the organization as a leading U.S. CPG brand. At Hootsuite, he orchestrated the setup of tax and treasury teams, overseeing international expansion into five new countries and managing crucial financial operations across six more. We've spent a lot of time with Richard over the years. We're thrilled to have him. I'm Louis Bala, joined by my co-host, Gina Ostrowski. Richard, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate you jumping on here, Richard. And why don't we just start off by asking a little bit about your professional journey. Uh, you're, it's very diverse. So you have a lot of different experiences. So how have these shaped your strategies in driving sales, managing operations, steering companies towards like global success? Sure. So I started my career at uh, Ernst & Young, um, spent about 10 years there before moving into industry. I started uh, at a tech company here in Vancouver called Hootsuite, who had just raised a Series B and was growing quite quickly. So I guess I got the sort of startup growth stage bug, uh, spent four years there, left for Alpha Foods, helped grow that CPG company from essentially the founder stage through acquisitions, you say, and then uh, recently started at a med tech company here in Vancouver as well. And so you know, I think it's always intimidating um, when you join a completely new industry. Um, but, you know, even though every industry is a different animal, I think, you know, the more often I've been through it, the more I realize that, you know, every business has essentially you know, really the same issues. And so, you know, they all need to navigate the same economic cycles. They all need to attract and retain the right people. Um, and they all need to make the best possible decisions, you know, based on incomplete data in an ambiguous world. So, you know, I think when you come into a new industry uh, with a learning mindset and ask really basic questions, um, you can add a lot to the culture you're joining by having them get you up to speed. And, you know, it's amazing sometimes how much everybody else learns, I think, in that process as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's good insight and, there. And, yeah, I was going to say in, in that vein, as, as you've, you've, your experience has spanned across several different industries. You know, when you're coming in and if you look at the macroeconomic trends we've seen just over the last couple of years um, with everybody flying high right out of COVID, things slowing down a little bit last year, things picking up again. And, you know, I don't know if we want to attribute that to an election year or not, but growth is definitely top of mind when you're going into a new organization. Um, what are some of the critical elements that, that really you think drive success uh, for, you know, any new organization that you're joining today? Well, you know, I think um, you hit it on the head, which is it's a very uncertain you know, environment right now. And so, you know, again, um, unless you're, I guess, an arms manufacturer right now, I think, you know, it has been a very difficult uh, fun time for fundraising and, 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 you know, in the capital markets generally. And so again, you know, it doesn't matter in some senses of what industry you're talking about. A lot of those uh, concerns remain the same. And so, um, you know, now more than ever, you know, um, making really sound business decisions. And, and I'm speaking specifically about, you know, you know uh, P&L fundamentals that maybe uh, folks didn't care as much about in 2019, 2020, when it was, you know, a growth story for, for everyone. And um, I think there has yeah. been a real sort of uh, doubling down on, 
you know, unit economics and cash preservation. And I think, again, to your point, that is consistent across almost every industry. Absolutely. And, and I guess in that vein, from the technological side, speaking to the NetSuite animal, um, we saw a lot of organizations adopt as a result of those, you know, exploding trends two years ago. Um, you know, from a technology standpoint, you know, what are some of the critical factors you think, um, you know, as, as again, across the landscape that organizations need to look at as they're going through these different phases from a macro standpoint? Totally. I think it really comes down to understanding your business, right? And again, when cash is tight, when it's difficult to raise, that's when it's more important than ever to, to again, have a really clear understanding of your channels, your margins, your unit economics, mm -hmm. um, because there is a lot less room for error. And so, you know, I think obviously that's the focus, but, and, and, and I think we're better positioned than ever to have all this information at our fingertips. Of course, AI is the biggest story for everyone. And I imagine every single conversation you guys have, someone mentions AI because it's just, you know, it, it's, well, I don't want to call it the flavor of the week because I, I, I think it is going to fundamentally change things. But again, I don't, you know, an AI can help you understand your business, but it can understand your business for you. And I think that's the same for all these technology tools. So really, you know, um, I think the key is with everything, just seeing through the noise and understanding what technologies really are going to help get you the uh, data you need to make the, the key decisions for your business and, mm -hmm. and focusing on that as opposed to, again, just bells and whistles for its own sake. Because I think AI, for example, will be transformative uh, maybe in the near future, but you know, again, I, I don't think it's taken um, people's responsibility to think away from them just yet. Yeah, we, we often joke uh, you know, AI this year and last is more uh, a driver for your stock ticker than anything else. So um, I, I would agree with you. It's It's got a ways to go. There's some cool little nice to haves, but nothing is transforming at the moment. It's a tool, right? I tell, you know, it, it's we it's interesting um, here. We just put a policy in place for the use of generative AI for our people and, and you know, how it is or is not appropriate for workplace applications. And, you know, I think back to when I was in high school, university, and you had Wikipedia, right? And everyone knew that that was the first place you went because it could give you a really great starting point for everything, but you'd never put it on a paper and cite it. And I feel like AI is you know, the Wikipedia maybe of, of, of this professional generation, which is to say, look, yeah, that's the first place you should ask your question, but you, you know, you need to cite your sources and, and do the work in the same way you had to with Wikipedia 20 years ago. Yeah. For sure. Sounds like you've had success optimizing uh, your operations. So are there any technologies in general that, that you could maybe throw out there that you've used uh, in your different roles? Certainly. So, I mean, um, you know, ERP and, and, and CRM you know, are, are essentially the backbone of any, I guess, sales-based business, particularly when, you know, again, when, when you look at value creation, because it, it's customer sales and, and, and you know, CRM is, is so, so important for that. And then, um, you know, again, particularly on any volume-based business, your unit economics are so important. And so, um, again, having a really solid ERP for that purpose is, is uh, it's crucial. But again, like anything else, um, you know, it, it's garbage in, garbage out. So yeah. uh, it's not enough just to have the tool, but you need to have you know, a, a team of dedicated people that understand how the tool works and are committed to implementing it properly. 
because again, it can be really powerful or it can be really misleading uh, and the tool doesn't know. And as far as the different industries, the different stages organizations have been in, um, are there fundamental strategies that you've brought to each organization you've been working with um, to really help optimize, maybe jumpstart, or just get those organizations from point A to point B that you attribute a lot of your success to? You know, I think one of the most powerful tools you have when you start in a new industry or a new company is just it's, it's ignorance. And, and, you know, it's funny because people are afraid to be wrong and they're afraid to not know the answer. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's pretty incredible when you walk into a new place and a new culture and you say, hey, look, I'm new. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. What does it mean? Why is it important? Uh, it's amazing how powerful that conversation can be for creating alignment amongst everybody else in the room. Right. And, you know, that superpower lasts for maybe six months tops. But yeah. um, I think it's important to lean into that because, uh, again, um, you're not the one bringing the knowledge necessarily, but you can bring the experience and uh, the fresh set of eyes. And, and I think everyone can win from that. And, and I guess with the different organizations you work with from an operational, we'll call it continuous optimization, the notion of getting better through through different quarters, different phases, um, how integral is just process mapping, defining those, you know, as, as you're going through and doing discovery as, as a brand new CFO in an organization, are you seeing a lot of organizations or haven't given a lot of thought to how things should be mapped out or is it a blend? What would you, what would you maybe attribute to not only um, what you're seeing, but also where you go from there? For sure. And I think, you know, um, it's less industry specific and obviously more sort of uh, lifestyle specifics. So, and, and by that, I mean, um, stage of the business, right? Earlier businesses, um, you know, sometimes it's a matter of just survival and bootstrapping. Um, but the truth of the matter is, um, you don't know if you're getting better from quarter to quarter, if you don't understand what to measure and, and what better looks like. And so, you know, um, the two things I've learned that are really important, number one, obviously, is, is you know, uh, KPIs and what measures gets done. And again, these are things that everybody knows. Um, but the second thing that I've realized is super important from an early stage in any company is, is sitting down with everyone, you know, and that's your team, but it's your investors, um, you know, management, and understanding what great looks like. And so, um, that doesn't always happen, right? Sometimes um, there's a focus on getting better without really starting with the end in mind. And so one of the things that I found to be very powerful, even before joining a new organization, is sitting down with, you know, obviously the CEO, ideally the board and understanding like, okay, guys, what does great look like for you? Because if you don't do that, you'll never know when you get there. And that can be a really dangerous thing as well. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I, I also wanted to ask you a little bit about if you had have any mentors or literature resources that has really influenced you over the years, maybe to your approach. Yeah, definitely. So I think, again, look, everyone reads the same business books. and I think that's kind of table stakes. Um, when I was early in my career, I had the opportunity to work for some really great partners at EY. And I, like that, that really helped me sort of early on. And then, you know, after I left, I spent maybe the next 10 years, honestly, without anyone I would necessarily consider my mentor. And um, that was fine, but it wasn't actually until I became a CFO that I met, you know, the person who now I would consider a mentor um, and, you know, I've, I've learned an incredible amount from. And so I guess my key takeaways from that for anyone else would be, look, mentorship is incredibly important. You know, don't panic if you don't have one. Um, but, you know, you're, you're never too old or too late in your career to, to learn from, you know, someone else. And so, 
um, that I think is, is, is sort of the, the, the crux of it for me is just, um, you know, having a terrific network and, and, and really developing that and protecting that. And outside of just learning, you know, I guess to take a step back outside of just the excitement of switching careers, trying something new, taking a jump as maybe a controller to a CFO, to an executive, you know, any advice to our listeners who may be considering dipping their toes into something new, maybe looking to go to that next step up in their career, um, what would you say are maybe some of the critical elements they should be considering before they do? And, you know, how would you help them or lack of better terms, push them off the diving board to jump in? It's a great question. I think um, the the right answer, and it's, it's not always the answer, but the, the best answer is that, you know, um, your ability to rise within an organization, become more senior, it, it, it should be based on, um, you know, I started at, a, at an accounting firm. And, and so the way that those firms all work is what I'll call a mentorship model. And the idea with those is that, you know, if you come in as a staff, you're working for a senior and then you become a senior staff and then, you know, your manager is training you for their job and you have someone under you that you're training for for your job. And I think the best organizations are a lot like that. I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, you should always have sort of that apprenticeship model. So you should have someone under you who you are training essentially to do your job. And hopefully you have a mentor or a leader, you know, who is um, letting you sit in those meetings and being part of those conversations that will eventually let you do theirs. And so, you know, I, I think you kind of can't lose from a certain perspective because if you are in an environment like that where that's happening, it's great because, you know, a rising tide floats all boat and that'll happen for you. Um, if you're not, you might want to find some place where you are because, um, again, I think, you know, um, certainly in my experience, if you want to be a leader, you need to learn from other leaders and, you know, uh, you should be training you know, the next generation of leaders behind you. And so I think from a cultural point of view, that's something I've always tried to, to foster in the organizations I've been in. And it's also something that I've looked for in organizations that I join. And then lastly, I, you know, with, with your NetSuite experience working with us, um, you saw NetSuite in its infancy stage. You saw it as it, it became more of the pseudo sweet success packaging of elements like food and beverage and, and some of the other critical templatization of, of an ERP. What are some of the areas, not just specific to ERP or um, definitely not AI for this question, but what are some of those tech, technological shifts that you're exciting, I'm sorry, excited for? And, and maybe just some of the stuff that, that you know, maybe you're a little wary of, like, like as you noted AI, but things in the next year you're, you're proactively looking at. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, it's interesting. Uh, my previous organization, as you well know, uh, was on NetSuite. I've um, joined an organization that is um, a little bit more uh, at the early stage. And so we use QuickBooks. And so, you know, it becomes pretty apparent pretty fast, um, I guess, sort of the difference in capabilities between those two particular systems, uh, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. I mean, I would not want to let loose um you know, the majority of, of uh, entrepreneur founders in NetSuite um, when I think QuickBooks is a much more appropriate tool for, um, again, folks that may not have a, a, a deep accounting background, um, but it's obviously not as powerful, right? And so um, I think what's exciting, you know, from a um, NetSuite perspective specifically is, uh, again, I, I, I like that they have started uh, customizing packages for 
uh, particular verticals. Again, you know, uh, at my previous shop, we had the CPG specific um, package of NetSuite, and you know, it came bundled with some um, really great stuff. Uh, it amazed me how much custom stuff we actually ended up having to build just to address things that I would expect to be consistent across mm-hmm. the majority of CPG companies. Um, but presumably, those are the kind of things that you know they will continue to iterate and, and improve upon. Because again, you know, um, across industries and certainly within the same one, I, I think you know so many entities uh, you know, they have their own challenges, but they really are the same more than they are different. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Well, with that, I know we're we're up on time. Um, I did want to thank our audience for listening in. A truly enlightening episode, uh, Richard. Really appreciate you jumping on, showing your valuable insights and and really the intricate domains of how you've managed finance operations in your organizations. Um, to our listeners, please feel free to reach out to Richard. Um, take a look at his expertise via LinkedIn. We'll provide a link there. Uh, remember, as you go through your business transformations, optimizations, you don't have to do it alone. Here at Nuage, we help with that. I do want to thank everybody for tuning in, but Richard, I'd like to give you the last word. Anything you'd like to add or share with the audience before we conclude? This has been great. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks again, everybody. We appreciate your time. Thank you.